How's it going? This is Silas from silasbeats.info here with another episode of the Leverage Podcast, the podcast that helps you get ahead. In today's episode, uh, episode 31, uh, I wanted to talk about pricing, pricing structures. We all know that as creatives, when we're doing whatever job it is, uh, at some point we're going to want to charge. Now, knowing what to charge can be the difference between you having uh, a whole lot of clients that you work with or just the bare minimum, right? So I'm going to start off with a little bit of advice, well, what I did and basically what happened to me recently, right? Uh, just to put things into context. So starting out, I remember, I think my recording sessions must have been 50 Rand. I'm not that old and like 50 Rand was still quite little. I was a student. I just started out. I think I had guys come in, I asked them to pay me 50 bucks, and as students, you know, we really didn't have that much money anyway. Um, so I started out with that, when people wanted to buy beats, uh, for the most part I was handing them out for free, but then at some point I decided, look, I'm going to start charging for these things, but I didn't know when. So I charged a few years later and I started charging, I think I started at about 250 Rand per beat. Um, I still felt like it was a low amount. But like that didn't matter. You kind of have to balance out between what you feel you're worth and what people are willing to pay, right? So that t- that takes research. You can't just you know thumb suck. Everyone's like, yeah, no, dude, I wanna excuse me, I wanna charge five k for my beats. And I'm like, based on what? You know, who do you know that's gonna buy your beats at five k, right? What's made you believe that your beats are worth five k? And sure, your beats might be worth 5K, but understand that the market you're playing in, people are probably not, you're not going to get that much service, you know. Um, I've had guys that tell me they charge like 15K for a beat. And I'm like, and I think to myself, I'm like, you probably make like one sale a year if you're lucky. And that in itself is a shitty situation because, you know, one, one beat sale a year equals 15, 15K. That means that you've made, I don't know, just over a K a month in beat sales if you only sell one of those beats in a year so you kind of need to bring it down and bring it down and bring it down bring it down bring it down all of a sudden you you start selling your beats for 600 rand but now your beats are flying off the shelves and you're wondering why there you've probably you're now you're now you're underpricing you're like you're underpricing your entire your entire strategy and that's also not good so what you need to do is find a balanced middle ground where you are where you are happy with the amount that you're charging at the same time understand that not everybody in your market is going to be able to pay for those beats there are people who will be able to pay like i know people who are willing to i've seen them pay 7k 8k 9k 10k for a beat i've seen it happen i don't know why they do it um but i've seen it happen and like it's difficult to get to those people they're not everywhere you there's no one place where you're just going to find a bunch of people who are willing to pay 7 8 9k for a beat these people are few and far between so you need to search if that's what if that's going to be your your um your model you're going to have to do a lot more searching you're going to have to work a lot harder um to make your brand look feel sound taste it has to be of the utmost quality for people to be like okay cool i don't i'm going to silas and i do not mind spending 5k on a beat that's just how it is um I upped my price. I remember I had my beats were going at 500 rand, and they started to yes, they started to pick up. I was like, well, "What's going on?" And I think it had to do with my Facebook ads. My output was going up. I felt like I was improving. Things were looking good. I felt good. 
um, I found a way to talk to people because that kind of does matter the way you talk to your potential clients um, knowing what they're worth to you and my beat started to fly off the shelves so I upped the price to 800 bucks then it went quiet for a while so I dropped it back to 600 rand when it was at about 600 bucks then the you know the beats were still moving I think my mixing mastering recording process came to about 800 rand on its own and that was it was okay like I was looking at it as extra cash that I was getting from my 9 to 5 uh, getting over and above the money I was getting from my 9 to 5 so I didn't really it didn't really matter to me too much right now from that point I thought I have to find a way to scale this up and one, the one way I saw was to obviously pump more money into Facebook ads you know try a little bit more of that but besides that what I went in and did is I, I tried to make my brand look nicer cleaner faster you know the, I tried to get the work to be better I invested more in terms of the equipment and all of that stuff allowed me to charge more then I got to a price where a point where I was charging I think 1.2 for exclusive beats um, I still then I introduced non-exclusive beats for uh, the the lower price market right so I had four I think it was 400 rand for or 300 rand or 400 rand for non-exclusive beats and then from there I shifted my exclusive beats to 1.2 I think my mixing mastering story as well as recording came to 1.2 as well from that point um, I worked I think it must have been for like a year I worked at that price and then at some point I was like you know what, I need to I need to escalate I need to go up so again I looked at ways of making my brand look more sleek more um, you know more able to take on more work just just make everything better then from there I uh, shifted to the prices that I have currently right um, and like I'm happy with where they are now sure I'd love for them to be higher but I know my situation I know um, how many clients I get each month from each um, thing from from beat making from and then I also understand royalties I understand my beat making uh, recording mixing mastering I understand where all my income has come from and I understand where I can push in terms of prices so it also matters that you make a record of where your money is coming from if you're not getting any money then you need to start finding ways creative ways of generating income then from that you get a you get a you you, you kind of get a sense of how your income um, happens and then from there you're able to say look I usually make my money off this is why like I'll I can tell you where my money comes from but it's only because I've got that retrospective um, information to go back and say look in 2018 this is where I made money in 2017 this is where I made money um, yeah so my little mini story thing right so um, there's a guy hits me up and he says dude look uh, I want to know what your prices are you know how you run things what's going on I was like, cool. You know, it was, a, it was a typical situation, one of those frequently asked questions. I didn't mind answering. So I gave him my prices and he was flabbergasted. Like, he was confused um, at how my prices, um, how my prices were, how they were. And, yeah, man, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy because, like, I had to then explain to the guy, <laughs> how my prices were the way they were. I had to basically sell myself. I didn't have to do it, but I want, like he was very concerned. I didn't want to tarnish uh, my name or anything like that. So what I did 
was I gave him a full explanation of everything I do. And then another thing he wanted to know, he wanted to know like, um, and this is what happens sometimes when people want to uh, get a better price out of you. They'll kind of discredit what you do. And this is what happened to me. Um, the guy asked me if I work out of a bedroom studio. And this has happened to me before. Asked me if I work out of a bedroom studio. Uh, do I own, um, you know, like a mixing desk? Is it, or you know, what kind of plugins do, do I use? Do I use analog stuff? Do I use... And I understand if he is a, an engineer himself or if he was like, deep into that world and he's kind of asking from a standpoint of, oh, okay, cool. It's kind of figure out what this guy uses so maybe I can, you know, figure out what I, what I can use. Um, and I had to let him know. Like, I'm like, dude, I don't... Um, I, I, everything I do is in a box. Everything I do is digital. Like I cannot, I can't lie to you. It's a bedroom studio. As far as bedroom studios go, I don't have a booth. I don't work out of a booth. I've created a, a makeshift booth. Um, and then I even went as far as to say, look, dude, just while we're on that, while we're being honest, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't have a, I didn't study sound engineering. I'm a physiotherapist. I, everything that I did was self-taught. And after having explained all of this stuff, I let him know that, look, I, um, uh, like I, I would like to work with a guy. Um, you know, I accept business from anywhere, provided obviously there's certain terms that are reached. But, you know, having great equipment, uh, being in a what we'd call a professional studio doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get a quality sound. And I think I needed to make him understand that. Um, yeah, so after that, he was kind of like, yes, I, I get what you're saying. Um, he just wanted to know. I think he came from a place where he had been screwed over or people are taking him, you know, just generally taking him for a ride. He was like, I completely get it. Don't worry about it. You know, it's chilled. Um, but yeah, then it made me think. Like, it made me think how much that happens to people. Artists, creatives in general, they, they are... They are sucked dry for their abilities, and I've seen it. Singers, rappers, actors, um, like graphic designers especially. Graphic designers and website designers have it rough because they'll always be undercut. People are always going to say, dude, you know, you don't have the right amount of experience or um, who have you worked with? I get that question all the time. Who have you worked with? And lucky for me now, I don't have to... You know, I don't have to, not lie, but I don't have to, like, um, squeeze my way and try to find an answer each time. I can give them, confidently say, these are the people I've worked with, and that cuts that conversation off right right then. No, no one's going to be like, yeah, dude, well, uh, Toya DeLazy is not a big artist kind of situation. That, for me, was a groundbreaking situation because um, getting that feature, uh, like, she's a great artist, and I love her music and all of that stuff, but... What I realized that that did for me, the biggest thing that did for me was it allowed me to have to introduce myself less. I didn't have to be like, look, um, I really need this work or I really need you to understand that I can do the job. It was one of those situations where I've worked with so-and-so. And sure, it was a, it was a per chance type uh, situation where we started working together. But it gave me, it afforded me that ability to not have to scrounge around for work. Right, so like you, it makes you think like what does it take for people to stop having to do that? And I think a lot of it comes from 
a lot of it comes from building your name up, you know, the slow grind where you just work with as many people as you can, which is what I did. I didn't, I never said no to a session. I remember my, my Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays were packed. From Sunday night, I, from Friday night, I'd take a session. Saturday morning, I'd take a session. Saturday midday, I'd take a session. Later on in the afternoon, I'd take a session. And then um, I'd take an evening session as well, obviously depending on what time Chelsea played that day, if they played that day. Then I'd do the very same thing on Sunday. And then that was me. That was me for the weekend. I did as much work as I can. Then during the week, I'd set aside certain evenings to just record. And I took on as much work as I could so that I could work with as many people as possible so that I could get as many uh, networking opportunities and build with as many people as possible, get to know certain things, find out how to deal with different kinds of voices, um, different kinds of attitudes, different kinds of artists, big groups, small groups, um, picky people, people who are a lot more laid back and chilled. Like, I've seen everything. I feel like I've been in so many situations. And sure, I keep on getting new. Every now and again, I'll see, um, I'll see situations where I'm like, oh, this is new kind of story. But for the most part, I've seen most of what I can see in terms of recording in my setup. Um, yes, yeah, so I think the best way to uh, price, price goods is to do that research. Make sure that you... Um, have gone out of your way to find other resources or other people that are doing what you're doing, find out what they're charging, find out why they're charging what they charge. Because I know that if beginning, if 2007 Silas met 2018 Silas at the same time, um, and 2007 Silas asked 2018 Silas what his prices were, and 2007 Silas said, you know what, screw that, I'm going to charge the same thing that he's charging. That 2007 dude is not gonna get work. He was he wouldn't have gotten work. He just wasn't good enough at that point in time to be able to be charging that amount. And unfortunately, sometimes this is what happens to us rappers, singers. I see it happening to rappers a lot, where rappers will be like, I don't know why so and so doesn't want to work with me. Even if I throw money at them, they don't want to work with me. It's probably because you are not, you haven't taken the time or you haven't built yourself up to a point where that person where it becomes appealing. And you have to, then you stop having to introduce yourself. You know, um, I, I, I heard something somewhere that never be, never feel too good to introduce yourself. And at some point, it's just gonna, you're just gonna stop having to introduce yourself. That's just how it's gonna work. If you keep on building and building and building and building, soon people are just gonna randomly come up to you in the street. And I'm starting, it's start, starting to happen to me now. And it's, sometimes it's weird because people stare at you for a while before they walk up to you. But like they'll walk up to you and they'll be like, dude, are you that person from wherever? And then you can be like, yes, that's me. Or no, that isn't me, depending on your mood. But like, it's one of those things where you just have to build and grind and know that in the beginning, you're probably not going to get paid what you think you, you are owed by people. But you just have to work, you know, you have to just work it until something good happens. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. This is how the game is. Uh, yeah, so if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on business at silasbeats.info. Um, hit me up. My, my cell phone number is on my website, www.silasbeats.info. Um, if you have any questions or you, you have, maybe you have a situation or a story um, that's similar to mine and you want to share it, then just let me know. All right, peace.